Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, we had we have the Super Bowl. We had a lot that came about, not only from the Super Bowl, but uh, Usher, Jermaine Dupree, and <laughs> God awful outfit. Uh, we still... <laughs> Got Monique and D.L. Hughley going back and forth. Shannon Sharp and Mike Epps. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on with them, but apparently they're going to meet up during Super Bowl. I mean, during All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis to discuss their differences. So, got some new music. Usher dropped an album along with his Super Bowl halftime show. So... NBA is in full swing. Um, Yo, Detroit Pistons made a whole bunch of trades, and not a lot of them make sense. And you have the NFL preseason or after season future ranking where your Detroit Lions was ranked in the top five. So um, I guess we can start off with the Super Bowl, or I should say the first half news fest. Beyonce, uh, in her halftime show, of course, famously, the power went off after. And I guess Usher halftime show must have brought the electricity because it was a totally different second half compared to the first half. So I um, thought I would give, get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Rodney. The first half was a stinker. You had tweets from different people, Antonio Brown. You had tweets from a couple other people, too, saying, God damn you, Lions. If the Lions were in the Super Bowl, the Lions would have 35 points by now. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it prompted me to look deeper into it. And a lot of people said, damn, if the Lions were in there, they were the perfect recipe for a perfect Super Bowl. Yeah, they would have scored 40-something points. Against that Chiefs defense, the way the Chiefs defense was going, yeah, they would have scored 40-something points, 50-something points. But they would have gave up that many points, too, and you would have had an epic scoring fest. Like, it would have been nuts. And you had a lot of people saying it's the Lions' fault where they weren't there. If Dan Campbell was much smarter, they should have been in that Super Bowl. Um, A lot of people didn't like the Super Bowl. I thought that Usher had one of the best performances in in Super Bowl history. He brought out Ludacris. He brought out, uh, I hate to say Jermaine Dupree. Them goddamn that outfit he had on was a. Tr- what do you think about that outfit, Rodney? Um, I wasn't sure if he had got cast in a Thanksgiving uh, football <laughs> movie. Um, if he watched Django and decided. He was on a channel with inner Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, speaking of which, did you see what he put out after um, the next day after the Super Bowl? Yeah, we don't care about no goddamn. What's them Chanel socks? Yeah, and then he, he so he said, "Fuck y'all," basically. <laughs> Bro, if he don't get the fuck on with that, got that outfit set him back. So I don't think nobody want to hear from him no more since them goddamn socks. One outfit can set you back centuries, brother. And, and like, you know, where were you going with that outfit? You look like a goddamn you know, schoolgirl over in fucking uh, overseas. Like, that just, that was atrocious. Yeah, you was being yeah. nice, Rodney. That was a, a, that had to be one of the worst outfits I've seen 
in a he might as well put on a goddamn dress. Yeah, I the only thing I can think about is the Chris Rock joke talking when uh he started dating dating Janet Jackson. Like, damn it, I had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what the hell is he doing? They gonna show us the socks talking about they worth this much. Nobody care about them goddamn socks. That was one of the worst choices. The whole outfit was I just didn't get it. But yeah. now I guess what makes it worse is like Usher uh, his his outfits uh, were top notch. Alicia Keys, that red dress. Yeah. <laughs> wait, you know wait, Rodney, look, Rodney, is nobody not telling these people like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I'm just, you got so many yes men around you. That's what's going on right now in the music industry. You got so many yes people around you. That's what's wrong with Kanye. This is what this is what's happening with Kanye right now. You got so many people around you that's yes men and just giving in to whatever the fuck you say that you just wear all t- Kanye wearing fucking footies, guys, with fucking <laughs> non-slip uh, grips. And people somebody told him this shit was cool. Like what yeah. the fuck is going on? Um iconic performance though by uh Usher didn't I, I I knew we were gonna probably get a little John. Um I thought it was neat that he was semi in a crowd kind of. Uh, yeah, that was dope. Him and Little John, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh her on a guitar. Didn't see that coming. That was iconic. That was iconic. And and shout out to white people too. Uh, white people enjoyed the performance, but they had all the people mixed up. Did you see that, Rodney? Yeah. And some people said that was Kanye's... They said that was Northwest. How the fuck Northwest know how to play a guitar now and she looks like a, a fucking 20-something-year-old woman now? Mm-hmm. And then people thought that Will I Am was Kanye. I said... White people just don't give a fuck. They just... At this point, we all just black and we all look alike. Yes, yeah, and you know what's crazy? I I think vice versa. It might be the same because I swear I kind of. I think the older I get, I think I'm getting people mixed up, and I hate to admit that. Yeah, uh, well, it was hard to get Post Malone mixed up and uh, Reba McIntyre in this case, but um, I agree. Um, Usher did have one of the better Super Bowl performances of of this past decade. Uh, I went back home and watched some of the previous ones. Um, I don't know. I know. I'm trying to say, somebody said the one with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre was better, but I, I, fuck I, I no. <laughs> Rodney, this man was singing and dancing at the same time. You can hear him losing his breath. Alicia Keys, she sound, she was she was horrible and good at the same time. Like people, Ludacris was actually singing. Lil John was actually singing. That pantomizing shit from Snoop Dogg and Fifty and them. Does, I mean, the only one that had a live mic probably was Mary J. Blige. But Rihanna, she pantomized. You that was she clearly was just dancing, pregnant, and but this man literally sung live. And I haven't heard that in a long time. I think the weekend sung live for part of his set, 
but throughout the whole set, Usher sung live, and I appreciate that from him. He was dancing, yeah. skating, everything live, and that's yeah. crazy to me. Like, that's Michael Jackson Prince level. This brother ain't had no uh no hot. He had a hot mic. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed his performance. I, I thought the stage was gonna um, break at the end. Uh, oh man, it looked like it too. Oh, Rodney, Rodney, I thought that was going to be like a disaster, man. That shit, like, it was caving in. I said, God damn it, who put Ikea? Some, I, they got that, that <laughs> they got it from Ikea. I thought it was going to cave in. Like, the middle looked crazy. Like, that was the flimsiest Super Bowl set I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, speaking of Little John, real quick, before we get into the second half of the game, um, his show was back. You know, I man, Lil John is like he's goaded, man. I really mm-hmm. appreciate him. Yeah, Lil John, he came in, man, and he and I see how they mixed some of the music up too, and, and gave you like different samples of different music that um, was produced by Jermaine Dupri, and like it it was pretty dope. Um, I'll say one thing about the first half too, even though it was a snooze fest in the football game, you write about that Usher turned them up. And yeah. he he brought out the best. That was that was one hell of a Super Bowl performance. A lot of people said that was a bad performance. And I just I was trying to figure out where the energy was coming from. I didn't. I, I know you probably seen that too, Rodney. But a lot of people said they hated that performance from him, and I yeah. just didn't get it. I don't get the hate. I thought he did for the time frame uh, that he had to perform in. He, he hit a lot of his his golden songs and, and brought out some some key people. Um, nobody can tell me they thought her was going to come up, or I know I'm playing the guitar, or Alicia Keys was going to come out in a I don't even know what type of red dress that was that had had like a cape on it or something in that piano. <laughs> was just <laughs> next level. So no so I overall thought it was a great performance. Like you said, he was actually live in a hot mic. Alicia Keys, we all know she was live. She, you know, that first note she had to get her get her breath together and stuff. So Right. And then the infamous hug too that's the 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 embrace heard around the world, which has Swiss beats even tweeting Hey, look! It's a performance. That's still my wife. Yeah, he. Made yeah. It. I appreciate what he said. Like we don't we don't do negativity around here. I just equated to like actors that's got to put together do a love scene or something, you know. So exactly, like people. You know what I say about us, about our people, man. We dig deep for fucking all the dirt, all the drama. We just dig so deep, and we don't even need to dig that deep. It wasn't even that serious. Um, but for some reason, we think that Usher can take every woman in the world, which he probably can. I'm not going to even lie. But um, I thought that that was a damn good uh, job by Alicia Keys and Usher. They made you feel like they was reliving the My Boo thing over again. Like I thought that was dope. But we dig too deep as black people. I mean, come on. They're just, they're on the show vibe. They're they're vibing. They're putting on the show for you. They're putting on a good Super Bowl performance. Like, leave it alone. 
Like Usher, Usher and Alicia Keys are just friends. You clearly can see that, and he has a lot of respect for uh, Swiss Beats. They, if it was real, they would have kissed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, the game, and we've already seen some fallout from the game. Um, Kyle Shanahan firing Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator, which I feel like he got a raw deal because he kept Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to three points in the first half. If anything, Kyle Shanahan should fire himself as offensive coordinator because the fact that they dominated that first half and was only able to put up 10 points. I don't know how you how you. It seems like they should have been up by at least twenty. Well, people. Well, people forget that the Chiefs have a decent defense too. Like both the defenses play really hard. Greenlaw going out is really like a a huge blow. I thought Wilkes did get a raw deal, Rodney. You right about that. Um, I don't think that man should have been fired. And I, I thought that they had a good. The Forty Nine ers had a good game plan. But, I mean, everybody got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. You know how that goes. Um, I think the 49ers game plan was actually solid. I think that was one of the best game plans they had all year. They took the ball out of Purdy's hands. They gave the ball 30 times to uh, to Christian McCaffrey, which you're supposed to do. Um, They should have probably went to one more in the fourth and overtime, but. But I think he was exhausted, though, Rodney. I I think re- I, I watched a replay of the game a few times and, and CMC uh, asking to come out of the game a couple times because they was just they was on him. I think some of those plays. Now this is what I, this is some of the plays that I was talking about. Brock Purdy needs to be more ballsy and needs to take more chances and get and not be afraid to get hit. Um, I also watched another replay too from watching that game. Where um, I think Jennings, for uh, the Chiefs, he slips, and Ayuk is wide open in the middle, but Brock Purdy being scary, he throws the ball away. If he takes that hit from the the linebacker that's coming right at him, take the hit and throw that ball right. In, all you got to do is loft it up. The Jennings slip, you got Ayuk wide open in the middle of the field for a touchdown. They win that Super Bowl easy. And uh, he just was – that's the thing that I say. I, I don't agree with what people say about Purdy. I understand he's young. This is second season. But to give this man all this clout and tell him that he's doing this or doing that, he's one of the ones, he's not one of the ones yet. He has to go through some shit, and he has the experience, the NFL as a whole. He's Right now he's being nurtured and catered and, and sheltered right now in that 49ers offense. Because they're so talented, you can put ball certain ways and and hand the ball off and get a hundred something yards and get two touchdowns from your running back. Like that's really tough in the NFL. Yeah, I to to your point, I felt like Purdy was. I don't want to say a step step behind, but when you're playing Packer Mahomes. You can't be kicking field goals. You you got to go for the jugular. You got to be thinking touchdown. And exactly for you to have Debo, for you to have um, all of these weapons, I thought Purdy played 
an okay game where he they they need a great game for him. Um, I also thought Chris Jones. I know he was in Kansas City on a one year deal, but I don't know how. If you're Casey, you have to figure out a way to resign him. He wreaked havoc on Purdy. Um, and also Kyle Shanahan. How do you how do you have Kittle and he had like two catches the whole game, two or three catches? Um, no, he only had one catch for four yards. Yeah, so that that right there, um, I thought Kyle Shanahan was out coached at by Steve Spagnoli in particular. Shout out to him. Um, he shut down Tom Brady with the New York Giants when. New England was going for their undefeated season, and he's put some hell of a game plan together. Um, but I actually think if the 49ers have Dan Campbell as their coach, they win this game. Uh, uh, and that's the thing, too. Like, people got on Dan Campbell about uh, being too ballsy against the 49ers. I think that we overthought the whole process, and if we would have stuck to the run game, we would have won the game. Um, one fumble from Gibbs doesn't stop me if I'm the coach from running the ball again. Like that's in, in that case, whoever fumbles in the NFL and you give up on them, that's just – I still go to Montgomery. I still go to so many different places. That's why I get frustrated when I, I see this. And I got friends that's 49er, diehard 49er fans, and they're telling me like, they're, they're, you know, crying to me, telling me how they felt like the 49ers this and they should be champs. And I'm like, the Lions should be the champs. And even even the – I was kind of surprised. Even, like, some of the analysts for ESPN and Fox was like, if we gave out awards who played the best regular season, it was the Baltimore Ravens. If we gave out awards who played the best playoffs, it was the Detroit Lions. Yeah, Like, the Lions shot themselves in the foot. They played the best out of the, all the teams in the playoffs. Like, they gave you points. They played decent defense. Like, the Lions were the best, hottest team, and they they shot themselves in the foot. Like, they literally supposed to have a – we're supposed to be celebrating the Super Bowl right now because that offense was unstoppable. We got healthy at the right time, and we just – we left – we drifted away from the game plan. We only – if we would have kicked two field goals, Rodney, we would be in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, and yeah, I I feel if Dan Campbell's coaching because you kind of needed the 49ers got conservative Kyle Shanahan, kind of needed gussy Dan Campbell. Um, I thought it was telling when the game goes into overtime and you have the 49er player saying, we didn't know the rules or understand, you know, that it was basically a new game. Whereas the Kansas City Chief, they all saying, no, we were prepared for it. We knew uh, if the 49ers got the ball first and we, we uh, and they went down to score the touchdown and then we went down to score, we were going for two um, to try to end the game. I, I thought that was a major difference because Kyle Shanahan's explanation of why he took the ball first made no sense to me when you're going to begin Patrick Mahomes and pin one that third possession. Hell, you need to worry about 
the the first possession, the first and second possession, and if you give KC the ball first, and let's just say the fourth and one where they went for it, they probably punt. Right. You're right, Rodney. They probably pumped for that. And it, it's it's funny to me. when You know, they, they have the whole buildup for this. I don't understand how the 49ers and, and Kyle Shanahan can say this about overtime when all they talked about during all these press conferences was what if the game goes into overtime? What if this? What if that? The rules have been explained to them over and over and over again, even at the beginning of overtime. It was yeah. expressing in work. They knew they knew this, but he just probably forgot. Yeah, and then well, then he said, you know, we wanted to have the third possession that way we had a chance to end the game. And I'm like, that still doesn't make any sense because in order to have a third possession, you gotta get to the you gotta get through the first one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and maybe he thought his offense was flowing in that a field goal would be able to stop them, but no, man. Like, Mahomes is a wizard. Yeah, and so that's where his strategy of we wanted that third position. If you are playing for that third position, there's no way you kick a field goal in that case. You 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 go for it on fourth down, hopefully you make the first down. If not, you the worst you have done is left the KC in a, in a terrible field position. And you play that your defense can stop them, but I I didn't get it. I know people say Kyle Shanahan's a boy wonder, but for you for your team to come out and say we didn't know the rules, and the other team saying, "Oh, we knew the rules. We have been talking about it since the beginning of the season. We started practicing for it when during the playoff." Like, I, it, it's just mind boggling. You fire the defensive coordinator for your mistakes. No, I agree. I thought that was I thought that was an asshole move. I thought the defensive coordinator was working with what he can work with. Um you don't expect guys to come in, especially when you pick them up. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought Chase Young was gonna be a little bit better than what he was when they picked him up from Washington. He, yeah, and he, he didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, you thinking he's across from Bosa that he would have more one-on-one opportunities being across from Bosa, and he would put up some numbers, and that just was not the case. Yeah, he didn't show up, Rodney. And he showed up He showed up in the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. He had a couple of good key stops, and he played a little bit. But that game against the Lions, he, I think they called his name one time, and that's when the Lions were basically kind of pressing and trying to start trying to move and do different things. Once the clock was running down, they had, you know, limited opportunities towards the end. But other than that, like, his name, even against the Green Bay Packers, like, they wasn't calling his name. Even in those last games of the season, really just wasn't doing much. And uh, I don't know if he gets signed by them again. I think they probably move on from him. I think he'll be a free agent. And I think in free agency, he might get a a one-year prove-it deal. You know, he reminds me of what's the guy that went to the Tennessee Titans and now is is hard. I think he played for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Um, the one that had the the, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Who had the big hit against Michigan? 
Um, the the, the, the clowny. Yeah, that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of Clowney. Um, just moving around now. Because now he's going to go from uh, Cleveland. Well, I'm sorry. He's going to go from the uh, the Redskins. or oh, I'm sorry, the Commanders Commander. to the 49ers. And now he's going to go. He's going to be a journeyman until he gets some things together. I know he had a, a, a significant injury when he was with the Commanders that led him to, you know, not being himself. But, yeah, he's going to have to prove it, man, because other than that, he's just going to find himself being like Clowney and just, like, going to different teams and, and hopefully being that secondary piece. And maybe he can find himself on a team like a Baltimore that can use him, that's stacked, and don't have to really lean on him as much. And he could be like a second or a third string behind another uh, amazing starter. Yeah. Uh, so – Question: I think Kansas City's a dynasty, but my question is for the opposing team: Is the 49er 49er window shut? Yeah, I think that window is closed. Um, I don't think that they were actually, and, and this is my thing about the 49ers. I didn't think they were good this season to go in there and beat. Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I know that the game looked pretty good, and they, and a lot of people thought they were really close. But we all knew that they were going to lose. That's what we were calling it the Taylor Swift Bowl. We knew yeah. that they were going to lose. That defense was atrocious. I think that uh, the Chiefs get threw them a bone and played down to the competition. They played terrible in that first half. They had some key turnovers. Pacheco never turned over the ball the whole season, and he decides to fumble in the Super Bowl. They had a couple of stupid passes. Um, you had Travis Kelsey yelling at the coach. They played down to the competition. You, and and you have- their, yeah, their defense has been suspect all season. And I, I get it, but they had a lot of key injuries. Like I said, they had to bring in um, Chase and, and, and do a lot of things on defense. And um, Cornerbacks were suspect for, for the 49ers, but they looked bad against Green Bay. They looked super bad against the Lions. Lions gave away that Super Bowl. Um I mean, it is what it is, and they look bad against the Chiefs. They showed their true colors. like that. It was eventually going to catch up with them, and they caught up to them at the right time at the Super Bowl. That's all that happened. Like It's, it's just, it is what it is. And to me, um, the fourth quarter and overtime, the, the body language was, was telling. Um, if you look at Purdy, if you look at some other people on the 49er Bench, they look tight. They look nervous. Um, whereas every time the camera pan to Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, they look calm. It was like Mahomes, even when the 49er came and took the lead in overtime with the, the field goal, Patrick, Patrick had like this smile on his face when they panned to him on camera. So, um, I, I think the Chiefs were expecting to win, and the 49ers were hoping to win. Exactly, and that's what, and that's what I was saying too. I said, you know what? You gave Patrick Mahomes two weeks to pick apart this defense. I, I said this like I, this is how I always planned it out in my head, and this is what I knew: if the game was close, Mahomes is going to win the game. 
The only way the 49ers had to, you needed an epic, an epic letdown from Mahomes with multiple turnovers, and he had to literally just come in there and throw the whole game away in order for the 49ers to win that game. If the game was close, 49ers were not going to win that game. They could play that game four more times again, and the 49ers won't win that game. It's just it's not set up for them to win that game. And that's because Mahomes is a wizard. He's going to pick them apart. And I like the way that Mahomes plays. You notice that it was fourth down, right, to end the game. It was like fourth and one, fourth and two. Mahomes had that ball in his hand. He wasn't going to pass that ball. He ran for that first down. He did it again on another down. When it was like second or third down, he was running for that first down. Mahomes is so smart, and he sees things over and over again. You can't keep hitting them with the same defenses. You need to run multiple defensive schemes, and you need a QB spy. And Mahomes picked those guys apart. And that's exactly what every other team was kind of doing, too. Uh, Love is a young quarterback just coming to his own. This is actually his second season starting. So Love with a stupid turnover and then bailed them out. The Lions abandoned the run game. Seven runs in the second half after bludgeoning them in the run game. Seven runs. You get away from the run, you give them the game right back. And a couple of bad turnovers. And three and outs, multiple three and outs over and over and over again. You you fed them what they wanted. Kansas City not doing that. So that's the difference in the game. And, and yeah, the 49ers window is is shut to me because now you got all these other teams that that's gonna come back and, and be hungry and they're gonna retool. I think Green Bay is gonna be better. I think that uh the Eagles are gonna be better. I think Dallas is gonna be better. I think the Cowboys, you you get back uh Diggs, you know. You you get a couple more people. The Cowboys are right back in there. Like losing Diggs, one of the highest rated quarterbacks, cornerbacks in the league, across from Gilmore. I mean, they were balling. Like they were mm-hmm. balling. They were tearing shit up. So good luck to that. And you probably lose Ayuk and a couple other people because you can't really afford to keep that team. So yeah, I think they they set back up. They're they're sitting back. And also, I think the Rams will be better, too. I think Stafford now, knowing who he has with Puka and, and that offensive line is going to be retooled. Um, Seahawks are going to be better. Everybody's going to get better. So And the Lions are going to be better. And then the, the schedule is going to be really hard for them, too, um, during the regular season. So, yeah, 49ers, I think they're not going to be there. Yeah, I think they take a step back. Um their salary cap situation, um, it's going to be interesting how they handle it. I do think, like you said, their division, I don't think the Rams are going anywhere. Seattle's going to be interesting uh, under a new new coach and maybe a, a new quarterback. It'll just be uh, interesting to see um, how things shake up there. But I do think the 49er window has shut up. And I think KC, and I'm, I know mm-hmm. some of the preseason projections have Baltimore being number one team in the, in the league and in the AFC, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like KC, the majority of their players, minor Chris Jones, like they'll figure out. Um, I know they got some pending free agent, but it, it just feels like Maybe this could be the first three PBC. Yeah, you 
I mean, you you're absolutely right. Um, I think each team is going to get ten times better. Um, and like I said, that schedule they already released the schedule for uh, the Forty ers and for um, some of our other teams too, man. That we really enjoy watching. Um, and and plus the age, a lot of those guys in age, out we're actually seeing a decline of, of Trent Williams right in front of us, man. To where he's starting to kind of lose a step. So now he's holding more. He had two bad holding penalties during the Super Bowl. Even in even during the Lions, like he had some bad holding penalties. He had a couple of holding penalties too. It's just it's it's really tough, man, to to gauge how guys are gonna really be in and, and who are they gonna pick up and how they're gonna get better. Um age is gonna play a factor. Um is Debo gonna come back and be the same? Is Debo gonna lose a step? He has so many injuries. Are they going to retain Ayuk? Um, Kittle, who's – I think Kittle had a horrible season. I know he, he won an award for uh, top tight end this season. I don't know how. But um, he wasn't better than uh, Laporta, and he wasn't better than uh, Kelsey. He wasn't better than a couple other uh, tight ends out there this season. But somehow they, they got him for blocking and also catching touchdowns. But um, – yeah, this is going to be a, a, a tough season next season for uh, the 49ers. Yeah. I, yeah, with their seller cup situation, um, one of the players that you didn't mention, I think, might take a step back because there's not that long of a shelf might on running backs, and especially with his usage, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, you know what? They actually been really, really, really awesome with Christian McCaffrey because remember when he was in Carolina, he was like injury prone like crazy. So for them to keep him healthy for the past two seasons has been really good. Um, not wishing that he would get injured, but they've been really lucky with his injuries because he was just like Mr. Glass. Now all of a sudden he's he's healthy for two seasons straight. Um, he's been in the league for quite some time and he's going to, he's going to eventually lose a step and you're going to have to get him some help. Like, is it, will it be this season coming up or like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I do, um, so we touched on Super Bowl, we touched on halftime and 2024 is shaping up to be the year. Of, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but, um, Violence. Before we do get off Super Bowl, uh, thoughts and prayers to um, the the families and and the, especially the the victim family of the people that were one killed and what over twenty people uh, injured in a shooting at the, at the end of the the KC parade. Um, so just thoughts and prayers. Hate hate to see. Stuff like that um, keep happening here in America. Can't even um, take the kids to enjoy a, a celebratory moment like that. So, yeah, that's just sickening, man. And yeah, that that is that's that's terrible, man. And you know, I I had to watch some of the video. Of course, I went and looked at some of the video. Shout out to the heroes that helped apprehend one of the uh, gunmen. I just think that that's just that's sick to me, man, and it it pisses me off. Um, you can't enjoy your family time and coming together, 
I can only imagine if things like that happen here. Um, you know, Kansas City, they they repeated as champs, and you know, people come together. Things, certain things, bring us together. Sports is one of those certain things, and you know, for people to to taint that and and do certain things to to try to make that seem like that's not the move or if, if that's not, you know, to try to not reunite us and not bring us together. I think that's just horrible on their part. And uh, hopefully they get the death penalty. Just yeah, really uh, upset about that. That's sickening. Yeah, I when it came across my phone, I had to read it several times. Like, this can't be real this is not happening again and then to see uh, or to read the number of victims that were um, under the age of 18 kids was even more sickening exactly man and yeah that it hurts my heart man but um hopefully justice will be served and and um you know, we got a huge event coming up here in Detroit, so I'm praying that, you know, we can keep the peace and stop the violence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers to those family members. Yeah, we are less than, almost less than two months away to the NFL draft, being here in Motown with our local Detroit Lions picking 29th. Uh, and hell, I, I almost forgot about the draft. As a Detroit Lions fan, you usually are done with the season for so long that even while towards the end, that you're already looking at okay, who they're going to draft. Like this has been the first year where we enjoyed a long run into the playoffs. So yeah, but with the, I think I think we'll be fine here in Detroit with the draft. I just uh, have a feeling. Yeah, I think so too, man. It just, I think that we came a long way. I think the sports fans really wanted here in Detroit. And, you know, what's, what really got me more and more about the Lions losing, man, it, it was more or less of losing the camaraderie that the city had had gained, man. And everywhere you went, everybody was high on the Lions and, and them making it and, you know, what you didn't expect. So it brought the whole city together, man. And, really and it started a whole movement. Yeah, I mean, Rodney, and you know, too, of course, me and you both know from being here how excited people were, man. From young to old, man, everybody was excited about the Lions, and that was a springboard to, to talk about things. And um, even the most toughest customer that you couldn't even talk to in a workplace or even the most meanest person that had a smile on their face and they was happy about the Lions. And, and it was good to see the city turn around. Like I said, you can you can have the Pistons win. You can have the Red Wings win. A lot of people aren't hockey fans. A lot of people aren't basketball fans. But everybody is a football fan. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully they can rekindle and bring that magic back because we really need it, man. We really need it here. And a lot of people are excited. They're excited about that. And, you know, Dan Campbell has already said a Super Bowl or bust next year. So. Yeah, and I think we're going to definitely get that back, man. We... We Super Bowl bound. Uh, Super Bowls in New Orleans, Rodney. You think you can be able to make it? Yeah, New Orleans. Ticket five. They said a ticket probably be estimated between five and six thousand dollars because it's New Orleans. So of course it's going to be a little cheaper. 
Las Vegas was the nine thousand dollars, I believe, or six between yeah. six and nine thousand. Mm. Um, depends on the, the area where it's at. Like it's a, always a little cheaper. So they said New Orleans. That's that's going to be the the area for New Orleans. It's going to be between five and six thousand dollars. Like that's how much it's going to be. Yeah, I, I do love New Orleans. So let the good time roll. Exactly, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about this uh, this draft. Hopefully, we show out for the draft and show how good the city can be. And then maybe, just maybe, fingers crossed, you dodged us in every way possible, NBA, with having an all-star game. You went all around us. You went to Ohio. You went to Chicago. You're in Indiana this season. You were in Toronto. You danced around us like numerous times. Come on, man. Detroit deserves that. We got a nice brand new stadium, even though it's not officially a, a Pistons stadium, but we got a nice new stadium. And we deserve to have an all-star game and events. I think the city's shown that they can. The city's shown out, too. I think we can rival a, a Indiana or at least a Cleveland. Might mm-hmm. not rival a Chicago or, or Toronto, but come on. Cleveland and, and Indianapolis? Like, come on. Detroit can show you a damn good time. And we got plenty of great places for you to come and explore. And plenty of hotels are popping up. I think we definitely deserve to have an all-star game. I think we got plenty of venues for you to have different things going on, different outlets. Um, The weather hasn't been that bad lately. You're You're going to Indianapolis and Cleveland, so it's cold as shit. You've been in Toronto. It was really cold. I mean, come on. Yeah, we we need a um, all star game. Hell, I'll even take the NHL all star game at this at this point. Um, like, cause like you said, the NHL and the NBA uh, has skirted. Um, we haven't had an all star event since the Tigers, and I believe that was oh five. Yeah, like show some love. Come on now. Show us some love, man. We got all these new things popping up and in the city, like the the crime rate, especially like with the Lions winning and everything in these past few months, crime rate's been extremely down. So and people are starting to get themselves together. So you even had rappers coming together to throw the ultimate concert for uh forty two Doug's birthday party. Uh, oh, actually it wasn't birthday party, it was for his um release. Mm-hmm. Um things that you've never seen before. You you see a lot of peace in the city so we deserve to have that yeah um real qu- quick we got about 20 minutes left wanted to touch on monique uh, monique and her son because uh, he has since come out and responded to some of her comments dl hughley um I guess I guess her and D.L. Hughley beef at this point would be never ending. Um, mm. And then Shannon Sharp facing some some criticism for his Cat Williams and Monique's interview, and then Mike Epps and him having a little bit of back and forth. So this has twenty twenty four has been a year of Shannon Sharp. Yeah, you man, you know I. I posted something, and I, now people know it's me. I said, damn you, Cat Williams. Because Cat <laughs> Williams, he set it off, man. He set it off, and now everybody's out for a vengeance. Um, 
Uh, update on that uh, Mike Epps and Shannon Sharp situation. I just seen a post with both of them shaking hands. Apparently, they met up today and they they hashed it out. So I assume there's going to be another interview for Club Shay Shay with uh, Mike Epps being on that show. Um, so shout out to both of them brothers for stepping up and and stopping something that could have been uh, a catastrophe because both of those brothers was planning on going hard. Even Mike Epps alluding to possibly uh, having a handgun or something because he said he not fighting. So I I know what comes behind that. If he not fighting, either somebody else fighting or he using a tool. So uh, shout out for them brothers and cooler heads, heads prevailing off of that. So. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm happy that they were able to reconcile because um, just like me, I've said this hasn't been a year of vengeance so far. So, well, well, Rodney, I got a good one for you, brother. I got a question for you too. Do you think? Um, do you think what now? With but because it's another uh, interview that I'm interested in seeing too, but. I don't know if it has the same effect, but we seen uh, Benzino come out of nowhere, <laughs> get super, get super sauced up, and say all types of crazy things, and then also can his own interview. He said, "I'm not doing this interview no more." Um, do you think 2004 is is now the the craziest year so far? I mean, we only in February. And we got so much drama, man. I think 2004 is going to be... What do you think about 2004 so far, Rodney? Yeah, two, 2004 reminds me of the old... And the I'm sorry, 2024. Yeah, I'm I'm about to date, date ourselves a little bit. 2024 reminds me of when BET used to do them, um, them beef compilations. About the oh, difference. yeah. That's definitely 04. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... That's that's what 2024 is shaping up because nobody saw the Cat Williams thing coming. Nobody saw the Monique thing coming. Nobody could really see the Cardi B and and May coming. Then you got this whole Bazzino beef uh, with with hell yeah, with Eminem, which I thought that was dead 20 years ago, basically. Um, and we haven't even made it out the month of February. We're only halfway through the month, and here we are. I know, and there's no holes bars. Nobody's holding punches. Everybody's talking extra spicy, man. It's just, it's nuts right now. And, and what's crazy is, like, we're living in it, and I, I think I love it. I know it sounds crazy. I love it, man. And the things that Mike Epps said, and Mike Epps is a comedian, man, so... I didn't think that Shannon Sharp should have took that to heart in the first place, but man, from seeing Mike Epps' comedy special, I don't know where he was performing at, but he was going ballistic in in, in his comedy. Did you see the stand up? Like part of the stand up when he was talking about Shannon Sharp? I saw the part he was talking about Shannon Sharp. I haven't seen the whole uh, stand up though, but I did see the um, Shannon Sharp comments. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. So I mean. It's no holes bar, man. And, and I'm glad that both of them brothers got together and, and uh, Shannon Sharp re- realizing, like, hey, it's just jokes because comedians are going to gonna do comedian things. Now, oh, I hate to deter for both of them, but I'm not sure if you probably realize. How do you feel about David Lucas, brother? The um, the comedian that I'm, I'm not sure if you probably seen oh, that or came across his post. 
Yeah, the one that made the jokes about um, George Floyd. Yeah. Um, can't just cancel him while they together. Um, I don't know. Don't know why he would think that would be remotely funny. Uh, I don't know. I I was shocked. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, brother. Cancel this brother at all costs, man. It, it's it's crazy that I feel that way. Um, because usually I. You know, we we usually been outspoken on comedians. I know that now that most comedians they're there just to to get a rise out of you. A lot of them don't have any punchlines. A lot of them aren't even funny. They just want to say like uh, touching words and, and choice words to get you to get all riled up. Um, something similar to Kramer. Um, if you remember his comedy set, there's revolves around him just saying the n word over and over again, um, which led to no punchline at all. None of his jokes, David Lucas had a punchline to it. Like all of them was just saying offensive shit. Um, if you're going for a fucking rally and you're trying to say offensive things and that's what you were there for, you're not a comedian. You're just trying to incite a riot, brother. And you're saying crazy off the wall shit and trying to paint narratives, man. What You're not in the business of being a comedian. Now you're just, you're there for some type of point of view that you're trying to get across. I don't know if it's political. I don't know what type of point of view you're trying to stretch, but I think that's bullshit, and I think we should cancel it. I agree with you. Yeah. I I don't know how how people find it accessible. It's not funny. Um, and I know David Lucas is black, but I mean, the rule of thumb, even if a white person said that, I feel like the whole black community would be in an uproar. We need to still be in an uproar, regardless of what race or ethnicity said it. It's just certain, certain things in, in comedy should just be off limits. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely agree. Yeah, and that goes back to the whole D.L. Hughley, you know, kind of saying Monique, mentioning his daughter and uh, what happened should have been off limits. And, and I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, especially with that particular subject and, and shout out to all those people that left, you know, some of us might know uh, David Lucas from the, um, the roast battles and, and some of the roast me uh, things where that's where he kind of got his claim to fame from. But this right here, this not it, brother. I don't know what type of perspective you coming from, and and then he also has something where he um he talked on the uh, the podcast with uh I forgot the brother's name, but the brother from uh, the Free Speech Podcast, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I think it's called. Um, yeah, but he had that. You know, he went on there and he tried to. Um, talk it out and I just didn't uh I wasn't feeling it man and he was trying to basically justify his comments and double down on them and I thought that was real tacky um yeah I don't see how any other uh any pe- any people show up to those events and and those white people that stuck around shame on you shame on you 
and that cheered and clapped and all that stuff that stayed in that, shame on you. Because, mm. you know, if we're trying to turn over a new leaf in 2023, we're, we're trying to come together as people. This brother is setting us back off of those comments alone. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, where he, what happens to him, where we go from here. Um, we got about eight minutes left. I did want to touch on new music. What what are you listening to? And I'm going to surprise you with what I've been listening to. Oh, oh okay. Um, I just want to say that uh, Big Sean dropped a, a new single with uh, Bryson Tiller. I'm definitely feeling it. Um, if if this holds true in this single is what I expect the whole album to be. Big Sean, come on back. Come claim your fame for the top five, brother. I've been listening to Big Sean. That single's been playing like crazy. Um, also, uh, Usher album. I've been listening to Usher album, too. Shout out to Usher new album. I'm trying to like it. Um, I've been listening to Beyonce two singles. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you know some people would say Beyonce not country, definitely country songs. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy both the singles, but I've actually been very, very old school. Herbie Hancock. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have heard the Big Sean single. I do like it. Uh, he got me kind of feeling like uh, Will Smith on Bad Boy. But now on, this is how you... <laughs> right. He, they both in their bag on that single, man. I was kind of surprised. I said, damn, Big Sean came out swinging. Okay. Yeah, so um, hopefully this bodes well, and this means we're going to get a Big Sean album this year. This year, at some point, sometime. Man, I hope so, too. And I hope you keep up this same energy, man, and, and come with those bars that he dropping in this single. Because he went crazy on it, and I'm feeling it. Yeah, so... Um, I do think 2024 is going to be a better year uh, for hip-hop music. Um, then 2023, um, and like I said, I'm trying to let the Usher album grow on me, but I'm, I'm, I still think like you got the Beyonce, um, too long. I'm excited for this act too. I know. And that's what I was thinking too. The two Beyonce Beyonce singles are dope too. I'm not gonna take that away from him. Those are both dope too. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited about all the albums, man. Like I've been listening to some old school too, and and you know just um, broadening my horizons, opened up my ears a little more. Um, yeah, I just I'm excited about this year. I think this year we're gonna have a a couple of great albums. I, I expect something for J Cole. Um, you know, so I expect something from Big Sean. A couple of other albums to come out. Um, I think we're going to be just fine. 
Not yeah. like last year where we we was like on the fence. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, last year started out very very rough. So, but I'm I'm excited to see um, where where we go. Uh, I think big I think Big Sean is gonna have a a big year. I think Rhapsody is going to have a big year. I think J Cole. Is is not only gonna have a big year. He he's going to knock Drake off his throne again. So yeah, we gonna have not so. I mean, to the point where Drake gonna get knocked off his throne. He got a result to leaking uh, himself nude, man. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it's getting. To welcome to two thousand twenty four, Ronnie. Yeah, when if when a moment where I was like, I don't want to know why he's trending. Yeah, I don't even want to know why either, man. It's just this year, I don't know what the hell to expect no more, man. It's just everything is just going haywire. But uh, I guess I'm here for it, man. I'm living in the moment. Hmm. Oh, uh, real quick before we um get out of here, I do have a college basketball question for you. Hmm. Has Jawan Howard coached his last season at U of M? Oh no, no, he hasn't. I, I don't. I, I don't know why people are calling for this man's job. We done seen a bunch of down years. Um, he's coming off of surgery. He was in limbo. You had a lot of players that, you know, went to the NBA one and done. We've seen coaches have horrible years. I've seen Tom Izzo have horrible years and barely make the playoffs, lose uh, 18 games, close to 18 games, Um, not even close to making the playoffs. I think he missed it one year. I mean, things like this happen. This is just just one down year. Um, I know last year they had a a tough year too. And then the NIL, like you got to think about those type of things coming along and now uh, certain players can get more money from those deals from different uh, schools, and we lost a player that was really key to our franchise. Um, we lost him to Kansas City. I mean, not to Kansas City, I'm sorry, to Kansas Jayhawks. So, and he was like a staple. So, I mean, what do you do when that happens? Like, um, things got to be better all around because it, it's kind of opposite for college basketball than it is for uh for football. Because when you got some of those markets that might be – look at Duke. That market is just solely for uh for basketball. So when you're a basketball player, you're going to get more money out of NIL deal. Kansas, you're going to get more money out of an NIL deal. Um, Michigan, you got so much going on. I, I would assume that you would get more money off of a football NIL deal than you would get off of a basketball. Just being honest with you there. Like football is the focal point for uh for Michigan. And I think it's probably always been. I love the Fab Five, but it felt like football was always the number one thing at Michigan. What do you think, Rodney? Before we get out of here. Yeah. Football is I, I do think he's coached his last season. You think so? Yeah. Well, they talked to the athletic director, and he said he's not even thought about even letting him go. 
Like, it's no, it's nothing. Who do you go get? Nobody else is better. Chris Collins. No, come on, Rodney. Really? Uh-uh. Chris Collins. I, I bet you he. I bet you if they they can Jermon Howard, Chris Collins is going to be on the Michigan West list. But my thing is, how how is he going to turn this? How is he going to turn the school around? Like what? This is my thing. Jawan Howard still has a name. He still has ties to other uh, to other big names in, in sports. He had players from the Miami Heat come and speak. You got Jalen Rose. You got the Fab Five, who's iconic to come and speak. You got Chris Webber. You got so many different players coming to speak on his behalf that he's played with. He's played with LeBron James. He's playing with Dwayne Wade. He's played with Chris Bosh. You know, like, he's played with Alonzo Mourning. I just, I don't, who else do you get to come and talk to these guys and, and push them over the hump? Like, they're going through a tough time right now. That doesn't mean can them. Not in the two seasons. I give him one more year. If he sucks after this season and, and they don't make a tournament or make any strides, I understand. But you bring in Collins, like, is he going to go get recruits better than Jawan Howard? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting if they do something similar to what they did with Jim Harbaugh in 20, coming off the 2020 season. Uh, no, War Manual not quick to uh, fire people, but uh, I don't think I don't think it's a lot of happy Michigan basketball boosters right now. So it'll just be interesting. I don't know who you get outside of Chris Collins, maybe, um, to come to Michigan. Uh, so, uh, but this will be their first time finishing last in the Big Ten since 1967. So it, it'll be interesting to see how much grace and leeway um uh, He'll he'll have at Michigan. Yeah, I think they give him one more season, Rodney. After this season, they keep him. They give him one more season to figure it out. Um, where he'll be healthy, he can hit the recruiting trail. I know he, like I said, he had that surgery. He wasn't able to hit the trail like that. I think they come back stronger. Um, this will be the time that you do the five five all over again. Now you can recruit five freshmen. Bring that Fab Five back. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to recruit five freshmen. That's what they're going to sell these new people on. And they're, they're going to come and they're going to come and come to play. I think that's what they're going to sell them on. This is the selling point right now. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see. Um, and shoot, I'm not be up against it. On that note, we'll get out of here. Um, We'll talk to me All-Star Weekend on, on the next one, what we're looking forward to uh, for the remainder of the NBA season. And then we'll, let's do our own top five um, top NFL team for the 2024 season. Okay. Sound like a game plan. Okay. So we'll catch y'all on the B-side. Peace.